Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. All right, guys. Welcome to the East Meets West Hunt podcast. Here I got Brian Call from the Gritty Bowman and Jordan Harbertson from Mountain Ops. What's going on today, guys? We're, we're chilling in uh, the hotel room like on villains. The, on chilling the 10th like story. 10th story. that was the only room that was left. Yeah. Because I procrastinated getting a room here. And I was like, Brian, we were going to the PA Total Archer Challenge, right? He's like, yeah, we're totally going to that. I was like, all right. That was like, you know, a couple of weeks ago. I, was like, oh, I better get us a room. Kept procrastinating. This is the only room that was left. And it was like 900 bucks a night. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> well, this is our this is our penthouse on the 10th floor here at the uh, Toll Archie Challenge at Seven Springs Mountain Resort. Thank you, Mountain Resort, for taking all of our money uh, that we hope goes to continuing to the operations of this great facility so we can keep coming to doing this Archer Challenge. But Seven Springs, dude, this place is off. It's Great. It's legit, isn't yeah, it? it is. And the people it's here a, are awesome. The food, okay. The the all you can eat buffets, I'm all about those. You know, some of the food I'm like, you know, that's not on the gritty diet plan. But there's plenty to choose from, so you can like we had all you could eat crab legs. Oh, that was such a good night. You know, and then tonight was like all you could eat like dill well, sauce salmon. And salmon, yeah. It was the dill sauce salmon, mm-hmm. and I think we both had probably like three or four. And I've had at least six dishes of creme brulee. <laughs> if it's pudding or if it's dairy prop based, like super fatty something, like I don't know, whipped cream, I'm all about it. <laughs> I gotcha. So that fits into the diet plan? Butter. Yeah, the gritty diet plan. Here's the gritty diet plan for you. Okay, I want to hear it. Um, uh, I eat whatever I want. Um, except the things I don't want to, um, and I eat lots of it and I eat all the time because I'm just going to work it off anyways. So, I mean, like literally it's so funny. You ask, you ask Riz at Leopold anytime her and I talk, we joke about Brian all the time. Cause you know, and, and Brian's, I've known Brian now for four years and we've become very good friends and I've become on these kind of trips, I just know how he operates. This was the first time that he didn't go to the store and get kale and hummus. And usually you get like blueberries, blueberries, you know, and he likes to eat clean. He likes, dude, he doesn't like processed stuff. It just doesn't sit well with him. So the gritty diet really, truly is like whatever he whole wants. Foods. Yeah. But, uh, it's funny because and, he uh, eats all the, the whole time. food. Just so you know. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. So uh-huh. whipped cream. Whipped cream is, I noticed that today at breakfast. I had, I had strawberries, apples, and then a whole bunch of stuff in my cooler. You should have stopped over. Really? Do you yeah. Have some good Blueberries, stuff? everything. Yeah. Oh, he would have been all about that. Greek That's yogurt. the gritty diet. Yeah. So if anybody's looking to uh, to do the gritty diet. Um, I just don't eat a lot of grains, really. Yeah. And, and you're then, not a big uh, fan of breads? Breads. And I don't, yeah, it's sugars. Yeah. I, I kind of keep the sugar. But fat, like, especially dairy fat, cheese, yogurt, cottage cheese, butter, cream cheese. You notice the theme of cheese and... I'm getting you know, lots of cheese. So I, I, I don't eat a whole I don't eat a whole lot of grains. I, my body doesn't <laughs> yeah. feel real well with it. I don't eat buns on my burgers. I'm kind of that weird guy that does that every the once in a while. Burger, I will, but yeah, I, I I do do that. But my body, my blood sugar, kind of seems to spike up and down. Mm-hmm. It might be everybody's, but since I kind of got away from all that stuff, I notice it more when I you know indulge in some of that 
those other foods. But, um, and, and dairy was always something I kind of stayed away from. Some but, people do. Some people need to. Yeah. I, I slant, uh, dairy's fine. Like it's, yeah. I'm totally good. But, you know what I can't do are peppers. Why? Peppers. Acidic food, peppers, oranges, like kiwi, like anything sit, uh, citric base, citrus. Really? Like, just tomatoes. It's the acid. Is that like a Western thing? Mm-mm. That's no. a gritty thing. <laughs> it's totally gritty. No, it's like I said, the gritty diet is its own thing. Like you figure out what your body thrives on yeah. just through elimination diet. Like take all the stuff out of your diet, and then and then you start to feel good because it's pretty bland diet, right? Mm-hmm. Then you add slowly add things in, and I do really well on uh, you know dairy is very alkaline. You know, I crush that stuff. I process it great. I start throwing acid in there, like peppers and <clears throat> citrus and stuff, and um, it must. I just it. I feel my stomach hurts, and I just don't do well. So, see, I I eat hot sauce on my eggs every morning. I have four eggs and four pieces of bacon just about every single morning. When I wake up. It up. I love it. Yeah, I I'm all about the sauce. eggs, bacon, and avocado. Yeah. Oh yes, very good. The avocado. I eat an avocado a day. Yeah. Keeps the doctor away. Like I said, <laughs> high fat foods. I, like I'm kind of into the uh, low 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 carb, higher fat, good protein. But I get don't get me wrong. Like if I do something uh, cardio intensive, then I I follow up with a pretty good carb intake afterward. Mm-hmm. But it's t- it's all interval based. It's all timing. When I eat carbs, it's after I sl- smash a heavy or an intense workout. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I really don't consume the carbs. And it seems to be, you know, so it just seems to work really well. And I think for me anyway, timing of when I intake the carbs um, is really important. Yeah. Just I just, that's when I feel the best. So for everybody listening, if you haven't already tuned out, yeah, just spent an hour learning about how Brian digests food, <laughs> which is so great. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's funny. Like, uh. Brian's actually got a lot of questions about it today. No, it, it was so funny. Like we were at the BHA uh, after party tonight and really had a quite a few people. I mean, I, I split away from you for a little bit and I did have a bunch of people just come up and ask me like some of those dieting questions. And listen, I'm no dieting expert. I do what I do. He's got his gritty diet and I've got my Jordan diet. Yeah. You know, uh, there's, I think it's, it's interesting. I always, I tell everybody, everybody is different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like Brian just described how his body kind of processes. And, and I think Br- Brian brings up a really good point and something that, um, that I'm doing is, is eliminating a lot of the things that you're very comfortable in consuming, whether it's just, you know, fats, sugars, um, treats, uh, carbs, like all these things. And if you start to do less of them, you, and, and like he said, minus them out or, or get them out of your, uh, your diet or your intake, then you start to slowly bring them back in. And so you mentioned earlier, like you don't, you don't like when you have a cheeseburger, you don't like the bun. You just do the lettuce wrap. No. Okay, dude, I have grown up and mind you, this is only a 45 day transformation for me. I'm, I'm where you're at. I yeah. love cheeseburgers, but I've on my diet and my I'm doing this this Mountain Ops uh, Conquer Fitness 90 Day Challenge right now with like Brian uh, or except not Brian um, Eric Chesser with us. She's kind of heading it up with Casey and Brian and uh, and I've just noticed in like 45 days I cut out bread, 
Yeah. And, and my body doesn't, I don't crave it anymore. And now when I eat it, I feel sick and I don't like it. Like we went and we had a, a sandwich and I had a burger and I get always get a lettuce wrap now. Mm-hmm. And I hated it. But it's just funny how when you start to you got, take things out. You hated the one with the bun. I hated the one with the bun. I love how delicious a burger tastes when it's just wrapped in lettuce now. Yeah. It tastes just as good. It tastes awesome. Yeah. And, and you just, you, you can have more than just the meat. You don't have yeah. the filler of the bread that makes your gut feel all, yeah. you know, wrenching. And, yeah. The carbs that kind of give yeah. you that almost, uh, you know, we had a guy, coma. we had a guy come to us tonight at the BHA after party because we're at the TAC, you know, and, and, uh, he came up to me and he said he was, um, 375 pounds when he first came on the podcast the gritty podcast and uh he's like it it just i just started listening i felt like i could change my life and now he's like two two thirty or something like that you're talking i mean half the distance to the 150 goal. <laughs> pounds of yeah. weight loss you're just like it's that incredible. is so much weight so there was there was a guy here today that i work with at the archery shop that i that i work at and his name is craig gillick he when he started out trying to lose weight, he, he was, wanted to go on some different hunts, and he was up in—he was up in BC on a bear hunt. He was 500 pounds, and and he he said he was having a hard time getting around, obviously, and he wanted to change his life around. Right now, I, I can't remember the exact weight, but he's well under 300. Looks great. He was at the he was at the booth today talking to me and everything. I work with him on a regular basis. He's done a couple of the I think he did the sixty day challenge that you had not too long ago. The ninety day challenge and, first this yeah. or first this year. Yes, yeah. That's he awesome. he went through that and he was going to do the the train hunt event next month, but he had an injury that led him not to do that. But he's going on a sheep hunt next year. Yeah. Coming from that to be able to do that, changing his food doing stuff and he's switched over to um some different uh, mountain ops supplements as well as just completely changing his diet and exercise regimen and that gets me pumped up seeing people do that yeah and i think change their life it's such a uh discouraging thing in my mind to be that overweight and to be have your life just feel like it's out of control you know mm-hmm. and for somebody to just decide or find a way to get inspired or motivated to to ch- take charge of their life and change it and you see these people who actually do it and uh they get their life back they get their future back and um man that's a cool that's a cool thing it's inspiring to see see that happen and it's i think for a lot of people it's uh like there's a gentleman I was talking to tonight that was describing to me you know He's been he's been really inspired, similar again to this gentleman that you just described. He's been very inspired by Brian's podcast and following along on some of the personal development podcasts that have really kind of helped shape his mindset in reading some of these books or applying some of these principles to his life that have really helped shape him in a way where he's like, okay, I want to take my life back. I want to take ownership back of my life, like Brian was saying. And he's sitting there talking to me, and his name was Jesse. Um, he was really nice to talk to, and he was just telling me how he's going to go to Idaho this year and go on a hunt. And, and as he's describing that to me, I just looked at him, I said, so what are you doing to get ready for that? And he's like, well, you know, I'm taking Mountain Nuts products and stuff and, you know, and I, that'll probably be okay, you know, and he knows who I am and he's just, you know, and I looked at him and I said, that's not enough, man. Like I, I'm an owner of Mountain Ops. We make some phenomenal products, but our, our products are a supplement. They're not a replacement. 
They're not a replacement for hard work and for taking ownership of your life. And so I told him, I said, if the best advice I could give you right now, knowing that what you're going to be up against, his first elk hunt in Idaho at, you know, altitudes north of 9,000 feet, I said, brother, you got to, you got to start doing some hard things every day. You got to go to the gym. And, you, and it was interesting because as I'm, as I'm giving him advice, he's immediately coming up with excuses of why he can't do that of why, oh, I can't do that, or I wish I could. And I looked at him in the face and I said, if you want this bad enough, then you will find time and you will sacrifice what you need to get what you want. So I told him, I said, what time do you get up? He says, well, I usually get up about seven and then I'll, I'll get ready and, and then I'm off you know, to work by eight or whatnot. And I said, well, then you need to get up at six mm-hmm. and you need to get up at 6.30 and you need to start doing that. And listen, I couldn't, I couldn't look at this man in the, in the eye and tell him this unless I was doing it myself. And that's one thing that I've, I've seen over the course of, of some changes in my life is when you really start making those small sacrifices and understanding that I need to, if I can't do it with the time I've got, well, then where do I find time? Well, you're going to have to get up earlier. And, uh, once we kind of got finished the conversation, um, he just, it was kind of cool to see. He's like, he recognizes like I'm making excuses and I need to do this. And I said, dude, just go do it. Mountain Ops is there to motivate you. You know, tell Brian's Jocko. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, the thing was, is he had listened to the, he'd listened to that podcast that Brian and I did with Corey Jacobson on extreme ownership from that amazing book. And, but I was like, awesome dude, you've got to take ownership and you've got to just start doing those things. If you want to win, you know, you're not going to win by making excuses. You're going to win by creating a plan, sticking to it, making the sacrifices necessary and being able to get there. And so, he then, it was just cool. I, I, he left and he, he was very thankful and he just realized, he, I could see the light in his eyes. He's like, and I told him like, did you only got 90 days and it's your, and your hunt season Yeah, and you can't get you ready. You a lot though, 90 days. A ton. So, yeah. You know, most guys wait 30 days before hunt season to go get, but anyways, just, just a thought that I had based on what you guys were talking about that happened tonight that. So Bo, we met last year yeah. at this, at this event and uh, hung out and stuff. So that's the first time I met you. And uh, here it is a year later, mm-hmm. and uh, you're doing east meets west. West. What got you, you know, what made you want to do this? And what is it about exactly? Like, I don't want to hijack your show, but I'm, I'm actually kind of in the dark. No, like, let's, let's No, you're let's totally about hijacking it. the show, and that's great. <laughs> no, I like it. Let's, let's do it. Okay. Um, so anyways, last year when I, when I met you here, I came to you and asked you about podcast equipment. So there was two things that I really, that were on my mind at that point. The, in 2016, I decided that I wanted to go on my first Western trip. I wanted to go elk hunting. I was a little bit late to the game, but I discovered Cameron Haynes and Donnie Vincent earlier that year. And I seem to hear that story a lot, those two gentlemen, but I, I, I bought Cam's book, Backcountry Bow Hunting, and just read it. And I was like, this seems awesome. I want to do it. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to plan that. And then finally, um, I, I don't remember where I, who kind of told me, like, you just got to do it. And I just said, all right, I'm doing it. I called up my brother who's in the military and, and my cousin. I said, I want to go to Colorado and I want to hunt. I want to hunt elk. And they're like, okay, let's do it. My brother goes, I'll take leave and let's go. So we put a plan together and, and did it. So anyways, coming from Pennsylvania, going to Colorado, it was a, a big learning curve to try to figure it out. But first was committing to it. First was committing to it. So I, um, so I, I, we decided to go on that trip, did 
I'm I'm a analytic guy. I like researching. I like looking at everything and being the best prepared that I can. So just started doing a whole lot of things that after going on the hunt, I realized a lot of it wasn't probably the right things, but you, you don't, <laughs> you don't learn, you don't know until you do it. Totally. And, and I, it was a steep learning curve for me, but I went out there and we did not kill an elk, but we backpacked into a wilderness area for seven days. First time ever doing that out there and camped at about right around 11,000 feet. The thin air was <laughs> very tough <laughs> on me at first. I remember going somewhere outside of denver i at a rest stop that was way up high i got out of the truck and started walking over i'm like you know sucking in air i'm like this isn't good <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i i had never been out west so everything looks so much bigger to me and anyways more of the story is we we were on the that trip and it almost seemed like it, it's cliche but i almost found myself with something that I pushed myself out of my comfort zone. I grew up in a small town. That's all I did was live in a small town for a while and never got out. And it's, it's led me to a whole bunch of different things. I, you know, I took a job out of my hometown, you know, in a completely different area that, that with people that aren't similar to me. So I had to learn to be open-minded and, and listen and, and grow as a, as a person from that and just became completely engulfed in the experience. And since then I, I wrote an article about the whole story. I just took notes while I was out there and submitted it to Adam Yonke at the journal mountain hunting as a subscriber story. Yep. And he ended up running it in that, in that online journal. And I titled it East meets West. And I got a, a lot of very good feedback on it. And, and Adam contacted me. He's like, Hey man, I, I really like your writing style. I want you to start doing some more writing for me coming from, you know, the Eastern U S and I, I got, I, I just got really into it and realized that there was a lot more people that wanted to do it, but didn't know really where to start. And although there's more resources out there than you can imagine in this day and age, but there wasn't, anything that was specific for the Eastern hunters wanting to, you know, find that adventure. And, and what, what I really wanted to get into was not just going out West to Colorado or wherever the state may be. It's, you can find adventure in whatever you want, where, you, where I'm from in Northern Pennsylvania, you, there's areas that you can have over 10 miles between roads. If you want to do a backpacking trip to learn about it and, you know, a little bit lower cost or whatever, you can do that. Yeah. You can, whether you live in New York, you can do that. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you talk about, there's a lot of resources out there and that's no lie, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of podcasts out there. There's a lot of video, YouTube content, as well as like magazine. But one thing I've realized is each individual person has a circle of influence in their own lives, family, friends, you know, uh, acquaintances, business people you work with. And those people, um, they, they might want to get that information from you because you've built trust between them and you. And so, you know, it's like, yeah, they could hear it from Donnie Vincent, let's say on how to go East to West, mm -hmm. but they know you personally. And so when you start sharing this content and how you do it, um, with your circle of people that you've built your, I mean, how old are you now? I'll be 26 next week. 26, baby. He's a baby. But in that 26 years, Man, you, know, you have that must, a whole. That mustache is deceiving. Yeah, I know. 26. He brings Dude, you a board about, you know, I four had a five girl years. tell me today that I look 
she goes, how old are you? I'm like, oh, I'll be 26 on Friday. She's like, I thought you were like 35. I was like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I think I was You 18. look wise. I was 18 when you were born or something like that. <laughs> oh, jeez. You're really dating yourself. Yeah. You're dating Brian. Hey, man. I'm, I embrace it. I embrace it fully. Yeah, he's, he's I got happy. the white goatee. It's gritty. He's got the iced tea. <laughs> gritty so, white tea. That's very cool. Yeah. So how long... Um, uh, so what are kind of your, some of your goals here in the near future? So what I want to do is, and starting July 1st is when I'm going to launch the podcast and also have an online journal. So basically a, a blog that has different categories. Basically the categories are backcountry, whitetail, gear, nutrition, and, um, and then just overall health. So those are, or conservation was the last one. So I had five different categories there. And those are like the main focuses that I wanted to go through to open new people's, I guess, open people's eyes to a whole different world. It changed my life so much for the better going to do different things and just being open-minded and just setting goal and doing it that I wanted to help other people do that. And that's, and also I, I am absolutely not an expert on hunting elk. I have not killed an elk yet. I've been out for two years. I have not killed an elk. As every story with elk hunting goes, I've had a lot of close calls, but I've screwed it up. I want to learn from other people, you know, with their, you know, successes or, or failures and learn from myself. And I figured I might as well record it and maybe help someone else with doing the same thing. That's exactly what I thought when I did gritty. It's like, okay, I want to put a microphone in front of Corey Jacobs's face and ask him questions. Yeah. And then I might as well record it and publish it and see, let other people consume it, you know? And, uh, you know, and then you never know where it'll lead, where it might lead. Mm-hmm. And just being able to sit down with someone like Corey and talk for about elk calling for, you know, a couple hours, three, four times. It's like, I learned a lot. And then I went and applied it and it worked. And, you know, it's just, and you get better and better. And it's a great, uh, way to, you know, f- do this kind of, this kind of a thing you're, you're getting into, in my opinion. I think that sometimes people get into this stuff for all the wrong reasons. And if you do that, you're, you're not going to last very long. You're not going to, and you're not going to make a big difference in, in the, in the end, you know, it's got, you got to get in this because it's a passion and, uh, and because you love it and be, and whether you, whether you make money at it or not is irrelevant. You, you do this anyway, you know, mm-hmm. there's and, uh, I think a, a, a point that Brian's really getting to that, um, him and I talk about often, um, if you know the, and I'm not going to go into the backstories too much, but just the, the cliff notes, if you will, like mountain ops and, and the gritty kind of started around that same time, you know, about four years ago. And, uh, a question always gets asked, you know, how and why, like, how did it happen? Like these, these are some really great stories of some great successes of, of an individual or a group of people in an organization, a company and brand. And what is it that really set you apart and, and, uh, made it work. And what Brian was literally just leading into was the why. Um, and at the end of the day, um, there's a great book. Um, in fact, I've, Brian's going to read it. Um, I just got done reading it it's from Simon Sinek and it's called start with why. And Simon Sinek kind of lays out, um, his beliefs and his ideology that he's 
he's found by the success of not only individuals, but also corporations and why and how they were successful. And he calls it the golden circle. And at the center of that circle, it's like a target. It's got three rings. At the center of that target is the word why. And the next ring out is how. And then the next ring is what. And he says that, and I'll, and I'll say this in short, and I invite everybody reading, or excuse me, listening to the podcast to go check out this book, because um, we're going to dive into it on the Gritty Podcast um, a little bit and really kind of open up some people's minds to what Simon's really outlining. But he says, the most successful people or individuals, corporations are successful because they operate from the inside out of, that, of those golden circles. Um, so what I just heard from you from what was asked by Brian, which I loved because Brian is very good at asking the right questions. That's why he's a very good podcaster. He knows how to bring out the best in people. Um, he knows how to get to the depth of an individual and really see the core of what they're doing. It's funny because Brian will even come to me sometimes and he'll, he'll almost be saddened because he'll be like, man, you know, I, I'm sad because that person I can tell is not really in it or doing it for the right reasons. And the way in which they address things or the way that they shared or they, they express themselves was something that you know, I could tell that they weren't really, mo- their motives weren't true and right. But dude, hearing your motives, like that's your why. Like why you do and want to do what you're going to do. If And correct me if I'm wrong, but this is just from observation of what you just said, is to inspire others to be able to go and from from an Eastern perspective, do the things that would help them and inspire them to do the things that are found out West. Yes. While also being able to do the things that are within their backyard, like you said. Yeah. But through those five columns or those five categories really help people provide them with resources and tools to help inspire them and motivate them to be able to do these hard things and be able to have opportunity or, or, you know, achieve their aspirations, correct? Yes, that that is 100%. 100% why I want that. So the East meets West isn't, you know, exactly literal. It's just the concept of it. What I found by going West and putting myself out of my comfort zone was, was, like I said, life-changing for me. I was very, you know, narrow-minded. All I knew was a small town thing. I, I love where I grew up and I, you know, I want to go back there someday, but it's just opening myself up and going to different places and traveling has been just insane. Yeah. I want to ask you about that. So you, when was your first trip? Out 2016, West? only a couple of years ago. Okay. So you went out there for the first time and you said that when you did that, it completely changed who you, who you are. Like, like after that, you, you, you took another job somewhere else. You did something else somewhere else. And like, tell me about that. Like, what was it about going someplace like that, that, that did it just remove the fear of it or did it, did it make you crave more of it? Like, what was it? Well, I, to be honest with you, I, it was extremely hard so when when I did it, you know, I mean the whole the whole thing when I was out there, I remember like day four, just going through like almost like a breakdown in my head. I'm like, what am I doing? You know, why am I out here? What's right. going on? I'm like, you know, this this sucks at some point, you know. And I just I fought through that, and I got to the to the the happiness with it, and you know, being out there with my brother and my cousin, and 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 going through the whole thing. Then you know, finally we got an elk, and and I you know screwed it up, but it was awesome. It was an, <laughs> an, an amazing experience, and you know, just driving back, and I was just like, I, I want more of this. I want to do that, and I want to take what I'm doing right here and apply it to all aspects of my life. 
So that was the the biggest thing for me was the just the struggle I think with it, and then actually seeing it come to fruition. And that, I mean that story's not done yet. I'm I'm going to kill an elk this year. So yeah, that's yeah. all there is to it. Yeah, that motivation but, to to get back and and accomplish a goal is something that's a driver. I can remember I grew up in a small smaller town, went to a pretty small school. My family we went to the local lake or whatever for, for we spent a lot of time outdoors, but it was in our backyard. Um, we didn't travel much as a family. My one to eight kids, you know, it's, there's not a lot of dollar bills left over with that family that big. And, but, um, then I, for the LDS church, I, I was a missionary in Japan and I went to a foreign country and I was pretty scary. I'm I'm 19, you know, I don't really speak the language and I studied Japanese for like a couple months at the missionary training center in Utah and then boom, I'm on a plane. I'm in Japan and I'm like talking to Japanese people with broken Japanese and, um, experiencing food and culture differently and completely lost in these giant cities and riding a bicycle through town, you know, with the name tag and knocking on doors and meeting people in the park, you know? And, uh, uh that changed my life. Like putting myself out there, being vulnerable, learning another culture, learning another language, being, being immersed in, in other people. And then at the same time, when you're missionary, you really, uh, reduce, you're, you're pretty much outwardly focused on other human beings. I mean, you're not going out on dates with chicks. You're not going out with your buddies each night. It's like, you're, you're like reading scripture and you're going out and doing service projects all day for different Japanese families. And then you're doing like teaching English three days a week or four days a week, all in the name of service. And it, it really made me as a person grow and change. And then when I came home from that, I was so willing to move away from home. Mm -hmm. And I have always, always been willing to, to go somewhere that I need to go in order to further my my goals and my dreams. And it's not easy because there are times where I've left good friends and family and support behind and gone embarked out into the world. Like moving from Oregon to Colorado was pretty, I mean, just like it was the right move at that time for Aaron Snyder and myself and me doing a lot with Kafaru. You know, right now is the right time for me to move to Utah and be across the street from Mountain Ops and have a studio and keep growing and and do doing what I feel um, is fulfilling. But it always comes with sacrifice. And some people aren't willing, and that's okay. It's They're not willing to maybe leave those friends and those people behind that are really, you know, close to them. That's a support network. But I've always found that going out and kind of taking those chances and sticking yourself out there, there's no substitute for, for that and making you grow as a person, extending yourself that much further. And I think people just don't travel enough and see the world in other places. And you know, the human spirit wants to go and just explore. And uh, to me, if, if you spent most of your time in just one small town, you haven't got out, um, there's a lot of the world that, that you're missing a lot of personal growth that you're not tapping into. Yeah. You know, if you do a podcast that gets people to, cause we are always saying this, come out West, come out West, you know, 
come out here and hunt. Just buy a tag over the counter, right? Yeah. If you have a show where you can like show people the way and inspire them to do it because you've done it yourself and you're like, look, it's this, it's, 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 it's not easy, but it's totally doable. Yeah. Following these steps. I think, I think it's legit. We get some of our most popular shows have been, this is what we would do if we were coming out. Yeah. West, but we don't dedicate a ton of time to it. And I can't really say I know exactly what you went through because I live in Colorado. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't live in Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's like it's the flip side for us. Like it's where West meets East <laughs> because, <laughs> like, for the first time for both of us in. I hunted Texas and Oklahoma and Alabama yeah. all last year. <laughs> like, I went on my first turkey hunt and uh, a couple years ago, and then I went on my first whitetail hunt. And all I've done is I've grown up mule deer hunting and elk hunting mm-hmm. like my whole life. And it was, it was interesting because it's, you know, there's this bridge, if you will, and your the name of your, you know, your operation is where East meets West. So there's, you're bridging this gap, you know, you're trying to bridge this gap. And what's, what's, what I find comical sometimes with Western hunters, right, is there's this uh, interesting kind of mentality like oh like we're the toughest dudes in the world and we're so hardcore about so many things and yeah there's some truth there to that but there's a lot of hardcore tough dudes out east like coast to coast there's tough people everywhere yeah. uh the terrain is is significantly different in the elevations and mountain ranges and things out west compared to the east i mean we did a gritty hike this morning yeah um didn't really much sweat much for me. <laughs> I had a great time and, and there was people there I could see were struggling, but I didn't look at those people and think, oh man, like, you know, these Eastern guys. But that I think what I like about what Brian's saying is um, you having that opportunity to really kind of bridge that gap is I think a really important piece that's missing. And, and that, that perception that people have of the West is almost daunting because they see what happens out here, then whether it's in you know Sika films and these aspirational content and these these root, these adventure hunts that just seem like, wow, I'm you got a gentleman you know that was five hundred pounds overweight. How am I ever going to do that? Or you know these guys, and if you can really help people see that, like Brian said, you're going to have to sacrifice. It's going to be hard. Yeah. But your story is an inspiring story to others, and and, and I love what you just said, which is you're like, I know it's the traditional like. Haven't had, I didn't have success. I didn't, I didn't get an animal. I didn't get an elk. I'm going to go back and get one this year. Yeah. You know, that's, that's just it, man. You've got to go back. That's, we're going to, we're going to fail all throughout life, whether it's at hunting, whether it's at our personal life, whether it's our marriage, whether it's our business, it's just, it's going to happen. It's what we do in our life when those moments happen, which is really going to determine what our future looks like. If we're able to overcome failure and be able to push that aside and look at that as an obstacle, which it is, failure is an absolute obstacle and fear is too, but fear is also a liar, as we know. I've heard people say that before. 100% a liar. <laughs> like fear, uh, but yeah. fear is something that is a part of every one of our lives. And I guess I guess what I love about what you're, you're trying to do and you're going to do, um, and again, kind of going back to that why, is... If you can truly help inspire people to bridge that gap and see that you, all those people here in the East can go West, just like us, us Western guys go East. Yeah. And I can tell you from personal experience now, I love whitetail hunting. I've only done it once and I look forward to doing it again this year. 
I enjoyed turkey hunting. I can do that out west, but there's way more turkeys out east. Yeah. And I have a lot of respect for whitetail hunters for the amount of time they have to sit in a stand. Yeah. Because my personality is not like that. I love well, to run and gun and shoot. Yeah. And so it's like I gain perspective and I have respect similar to the respect you've gained by trying to conquer those mountains. Mm -hmm. And now you're sitting here looking at what's the next ridge of my life that I need to get to. And I want to get there. And so I'm going to have to do some work to get there. Like Brian talks about, but it's, uh, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. And it's, it's, it's so cool. Um, to see your aspirations and wanting to do that and help other people. And I think, I think truly if you can, if you can stay grounded that way, if I can say anything about Brian and and his podcast, this being some of your first ones in the can that are going to go out, mm -hmm. uh, there's been many podcasts that I've seen that have come and gone. Some have stick and some some haven't. Um, and the industry continues. I mean, <laughs> here you are starting one, and there's another hundred more that are starting up. And I think what's going to be the difference between those that succeed at inspiring and helping people is those who are truly rooted in that's why they're doing it. So if you really believe that you can help others go from east to west and you can do the things that will allow you to do that, then I believe that you will be successful. I will tell you the same thing Brian just said, just like going hunting out west. It will be hard. It's not going to be easy, but it will be worth it because you're going to find just like the trials and tribulations that we experience when we're out hunting, overcoming obstacles, whether it's ridges or, you know, hikes and verticals and, and low oxygen levels and those trying blow to downs. breathe those blowdowns. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, a, there's very few people that break through and are able to come out on the other I side. Just, I think there's, um, I just remember going back when I was doing gritty and, um, I think most people just aren't willing to sacrifice to 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 achieve that goal, you know, that dream or whatever. They're just not willing to. I remember like not going on a vacation, not doing this, not doing that, using all my time to build this this thing. And you know, I've said this before. I had a great job, you know. IT job, six-figure income. It was, I mean, I was sad. I worked, like, I literally worked in an office two days a week, and the other three days, I pretty much went to the beach and to the gym. I mean, it was just, you know, life was pretty, good. Pretty posh life. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'll be honest, I toyed around with different businesses and things, but hunting was always a big interest, right? But it wasn't until I just got bored with the good life bored it wasn't fulfilling so when i did go into gritty it became a thing where i was it was easy for me to give up a day at the beach it was easy for me to give up uh you know playing ball with my buddies you know down at the gym and stuff like that because i've been doing that for a while and it real i realized that although it was fun it wasn't very meaningful to me mm -hmm. and so i got deep into this passion and this idea of spreading the word of conservation and spreading hunting and learning more about the outdoors and being more connected to nature and getting my food from organic and natural sources and sharing that passion with other people who have no idea and getting them started in bow hunting and so on. And I feel like it was easy for me to stay the course because I, I'd already kind of had a good life for a while and I realized it didn't really have that much meaning. So, uh, Brian, it's, it's funny. 
a couple years ago, you maybe it was a couple years ago now that you had talked about on your podcast about when you went to ATA show mm-hmm. when you left and went. So I had read the four hour work week and went through a little bit similar thing. I'm, I'm an engineer for a company, environmental engineer, have a good job, everything. And I'm okay to talk about this now because I'm not going to have this job much longer and <laughs> it's, it's, it's out there. So it's okay. But yes, I, I did that the last two years for ATA. I, uh, I left and didn't tell anybody and well, I had no, I had <laughs> yeah. no repercussions on it actually. I didn't tell my I boss. It, it, it was I just what went it, to ATA. Yeah, and then I came back. He's like, "Where were you last week?" And I'm like, "Uh, Indianapolis." I can't even begin to tell you the behind the scenes on that one. This was when when that happened. Mm-hmm. He was. I I had told Brian because as soon as Casey and I met Brian, we just saw a human being that need to be needed to be in front of more people mm-hmm. and a person that we, we truly believed and saw not only as a friend, but as somebody that could help others just as we were helping people. And that's, that's the core business of mountain house. That's our why. And everything we do, we, we improve the lives of individuals and families. So everything is based on that. And so I saw Brian and I remember we were sitting and I told him, I was like, dude, um, and you know, I, I, I've, I've been fortunate to be in this industry for a very long time and know a lot of great people. And I just knew some great people that he could talk to or, or people that he could be connected with or start necking with that would really help him in trying to get out there more. And so AT is a great opportunity to be with a lot of people in the industry and, and get in front of people. So I remember telling Brian, I was like, dude, Brian, I got to have you at the Mountain Ops booth and I'd love to have you out. Then you got to do your podcast and all this. And Brian's like, dude, I got a full-time job. I can't just leave. You know, I got a family. I got a, I, all this, like this, this greedy thing is just like side biz. I'm like, are you ready for the next level? And he's like, well, yeah, but I'm just trying to figure out how to do it. So he's like, just a second. I, I'm going to call you back. I was like, all right, call me back. I'm like, I got to know. Cause I got to buy your plane tickets and I got to get you out here. <laughs> right. And I just knew, I just like, if you do this, I promise you like there are good things will come from it. And so Brian, I, I, I think he was just trying to talk to Suzanne and, and almost figure out logistically, how could I leave I was looking at my email, work. my calendar at work and which meetings I was going to miss. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much what he was doing. Cause, and so I said, here's when we're flying in, here's a date. So all of a sudden I get a call back and he's like, I'm in, I'm in. And, and he said, Dude, I'm telling, I'm, I'm, I know he's like, I, this is going to suck. He's like, I, I'm going to come. I'm going to, uh, Jordan, you just line them up. Let me know what what I need to do, and and I'll talk to whoever. And some of these people I line up with, he didn't know who the heck they were, but he talked to them. And and I said, dude, I promise you, if you do this, Brian, there's going to be some really cool repercussions from it. There's going to be some really cool things that happen after. And I know you can't see it now, but I think you're you're going to see it later. So what happened next was great. Is we go to ATA, which you're seeing on this outside thing, and we talked about it a little bit on the podcast. And Brian's sitting there and he's interviewing people and doing all these great podcasts and meeting all these people. And, and there was fortunately, there's a lot of people that heard the podcast and was like, I like Brian Call, I like the gritty. And there's people that didn't, but we're like, dude, I'm going to tune in now. And while we're doing these podcasts at ATA, then we run back to the hotel and that bro is on his computer, answering his emails, doing his job. And, uh, you know, I'm out networking and, and connecting with people and I'm coming back through him and Brian is like, I have to get this to my boss by this time or I have to do this or this. And he's trying to balance these two things. And all I could see is I, as I looked at Brian, as I saw a man who was working two things and really sacrificing a lot because he really wanted it and he saw the opportunity and he was willing to make the sacrifice because he literally stayed up all night after ATA every night. 
answering emails, creating PowerPoints and Excel Jedi spreadsheets or whatever and doing whatever his job was. Yes, I was. And I remember coming every night to him and being like, all right, Brian, and this happened a few times. And, and I'll just tell you this in closing. I don't want to take a lot of time, but it's just, and I'll get back to your point, but uh, here here he was. And I'm like, all right, I need you to come to the, we're going to go to this party. And he's like, dude, I got to get done. I'm like, dude, let's go to this party. I'm going to connect with a few people. So we go to the party and I start connecting and we were out, we were out at this party, two nights, different nights for like four hours. And this bro doesn't like to stay up past nine o'clock, no. but he, but I brought him out and we'd go back to the room and you know what? He'd take a lot of, at the time we didn't have Ignite yet, but he took a lot yeah. of blaze shots and he was up all night. And not only was he up all night doing that job, but he was up night cutting and editing all the podcasts he was doing, had done that day because he wanted to get them all ready. And that right there to me is a fine line of difference between a person who truly, really wants it and a person who doesn't. A person like when it, when it comes time to separate um, what you want and like what you desire and like what's comfortable, it's really hard to, to jump into this, this area over into being uncomfortable when you're so comfortable. And many people can't make that transition. And Brian talked about that earlier. And it's hard for people to do that. But people can if they're willing to. It's not, it's innately in each of us if we're willing to dig deep and bring it out, but there's few people that do. And so you look at Brian and ATA, what people didn't see, what they did, what they did see is they saw all the great podcasts and all the great things come out. What they didn't see is a man who was dividing his time, sacrificing for his family, looking in and looking at an open opportunity. And it sounds like you're kind of also getting to that point where you're like, my boss hears this podcast just so you know here's my two weeks notice bro yeah like, well it's a little different but it's it's, it's very close to that yeah so, right but you're yeah. gonna take some uncomfortable steps it sounds like yes to pursue something that you're passionate about something that you want to do that's not easy you Brian know, will be the first one to tell you how hard those decisions were to make for, for me too I had I am one of the least money motivated people you'll ever come across. Like I'm just not motivated by money. It's just not really me. And so I'm motivated by lifestyle and by like living how I want to live freedom. And so, um, I had gotten myself out of debt years before, like before this. And I, I lived on a frugal income, even though we had a lot of excess. So, if I were to lose my job, I mean, I still had enough savings I could carry over to get another one. Mm -hmm. And it also allowed me at that time when I, I, I hit a crossroad after that ATA show. And then we went to a couple more and then the Western and we had Joe Rogan and Cam on the podcast. And it was like, I quadrupled overnight, you know, in, in listeners and followers and people interested in the show. And it just, it just snowballed from there. <clears throat> and at the time I still wasn't getting paid anything from anybody and mountain ops came to me and they're like bro it's time to pay you and i didn't have to ask them for any money they just were they just decided you know they just volunteered it and said here's what we're going to do because we want to see you grow and be successful and we know how much this is tough on you and then they did another and another and paid more each and as i grew and they and they grew i got paid more and then other companies came to me through through support with Jordan, and uh, they stepped up and started supporting. And overnight, it turned into a, 
a full-time job that I, where I could quit my old job and it would be a major pay cut, but I had no debt and I had the, the, the savings and stuff to, to now focus my time and energy on something that I was really driven. But I think one thing that people don't realize is that, you know, I did gritty for, for more than like 15 months without making a dollar, like, and, and for like a year, like I was pounding out content constantly as much as I could without getting paid anything with the hopes of someday it becoming something that was that I could monetize. I think most people just aren't willing to put in the time and the energy for something that may or may not turn into something that works. And that's okay. I mean, I, I'm not faulting anyone. I say this all the time, you know, the, the Brian call at 40 is succeeding where the Brian call at 30 would have failed miserably. It, I just, I'm a different, I'm a grown, more grown man. I, I'm, I made different choices. I, I did things to set myself up for, for an opportunity like this by not owing anybody any money, you know? And, and so I think, you know, some of the stuff it's, like I said, people, people aren't willing to roll the dice put in the work and sacrifice to make something to build something that they find meaningful and valuable. Um, and so they never, they never get there. And, uh, to me, I always felt like if I fail, epically fail, it was an awesome trip anyway, you know, like I wouldn't want to change it. So, so who cares? Uh, so I go back and get the old six figure income job. Like, yeah, it's still there. That college degree that college experience degree is going is still, away. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> he's like, still he's still got that piece of paper. Yeah, yeah. Wall. I'll roll back in and get <laughs> another job. You know, it's like so. That's another thing that um, when people when it comes to moving, when it comes to jobs, it's like I've always told myself <laughs> if it doesn't work, if if I don't like this new state I move to, well, then I'll move back. Mm-hmm. It's not permanent. You know, if if I do gritty and it epically fails, all right, I'll go back. But that gamble, it's what life's all about. Yeah. And nothing ventured, nothing do gained. You, do you ever listen? Have you heard of uh, Gary Vandercheck? Yes. I he, just finished his book, Crushing Crush, It. Crushing yep. It. So now you need to read his next book called Crush Crushed It. No, no, no. Crush It is the first book. Crushing It is Did you just read his second one or his first it. one? Um, It was the ebook. I thought it was the first one maybe. is Okay. So Crushing It. The is latest one. The latest one. That's the one I listen to. Okay. So he's got one called Crush It. Okay. And the and anyway, both. but both fantastic. I'm I'm reading the second one. I'm going to read the second one. I haven't read it yet. So I can't say it's good, but it's I want to read it. He's read it. Um but you know him. Yes. And I he, I just discovered him probably a month and a half he's ago. He's awesome. Oh, he's awesome. He's great. Yeah. He's, a, he's a great motivator. He has a he has a great great books, great insight, great content. Um and uh, one thing that he said one time on one of his shows, it really struck me. And uh, it's something that Eric Chesser from Hush and I talk about often because we look back now four years behind us and what we were talking about then and where we are now. And he says, every one of us at some point in our lives, there's kind of this, this five-year span that we each get. And it's kind of what he calls like a lifespan. And, and it's between the ages of 20 and 40. Within that gap, there's an increment of five years that you have to optimize your life and set it up for its future. 
but it's going to be the hardest five years of your life and everybody's got them. Some people are willing to, to buy pass and just say, you know what, I'm not going to do anything. And they, they spend the, the rest of their twenties, thirties and forties and they do the traditional thing and they get ready for retirement when they're 60 or 70 or whatever. And they live a good life and then we all die. Okay. And they may be able to look back on life and say, I lived a good life. Everyone's that's their life. But Gary says, every one of us have kind of this five year opportunity to crush it and to go for it and to, to take the risks and sacrifice. And then if we're willing to do that, then it will set a tone for the rest of your life. Not just fiscally and financially, yeah. but personal development and everything. I, and if, if, so when I look back on, it's only been four years, but everything that I dreamed and envisioned before we even started our company has come to fruition, has happened. And some things are happening now that I thought wouldn't come for maybe a couple more years, but are happening right now at Mountain Ops. And I've, I've, I listened to that piece of advice from, from, uh, Gary V and, uh, and dude, I think you're kind of like getting there. Yeah. You're looking at your life. Dude, you're 26. I'll be 26 on Friday. God damn. So 26. So just as of this week, I had a, a pretty nice house that I was renting and everything. Lived there by myself, traveled a lot for work and I moved out of it to move in with a friend of mine, save a bunch of money pay off the rest of my student loans almost there but it's just a decision i made it's uncomfortable and i mean my friend's a great guy i'm glad he you know allowed me to move in but i had a whole place to myself you know it was comfortable i had my own you know place set up to work out in the basement to move into a small little you know basically room living room bathroom that i'm in to save a bunch of money so i can get you know financially free and and be and and be able to start taking steps in in the right direction, and it's I don't know I just I've really looked at from listening to so many different people of talking about you know optimizing your life kind of what you said I I want to do that and and I don't I just don't want to fall into the trap okay so coming from the small town I was in everyone goes to work at a factory they come home they complain about working at that factory. And, you know, and they, they drink a bunch of beer and then they go to bed. I'm not saying that's everybody, but I'm just getting, I'm, I'm stereotyping. But I heard that and I was around that negativity from other people. Um, luckily, my, my, my dad was completely different. He was one that worked at, it was an electrical engineer and went out and started his own business. And to have that freedom um, and, and set himself up for success, but never let us, you know, know that he, you know, he pushed us really hard to, to, to do that. And I think that's helped me out so much to, to you know, wanting to get out <clears throat> what I've seen. And I think it, it just can't be, I mean, I brought it up already, but it can't be uh, understated is I feel like money robs people of so much happiness, happiness and future because what I see is similar to what you just said with the guys going home to the factory, complaining about a job that they hate, drinking beer, going to bed, starting over again. You know, I, what I see is the same thing, similar. People go to work at a job they hate, make money, spend more than they make, buy a big house that they don't need, they buy cars that they don't, they don't need, they buy UTVs and four-wheelers and side-by-sides, and they buy boats and these things that they don't need to impress people they don't care about to to 
to, you know, and they, they get buried in all these, these trappings of material wealth, status and privilege and so forth. And, and their work, then they, and it for, it puts them in bondage and chains to go back to work again, make more money so they can pay for that. And it's just this lifetime cycle of buying things to make them to kind of cover up the misery that they're in and that's just the quick satisfaction yeah Mm -hmm. and it traps them into a life that i've always said everything you own owns a little bit of you and so the fewer things i own my life is simple i can go anywhere i want i can do whatever i want but it's like that stoic lifestyle takes it's a decision you make where you're like you know what actually the fancy truck and and the the toy hauler didn't actually make life better i've been there i bought those things Mm -hmm. and it's like why why like if i have a ton of money you know it doesn't affect anything i'm like all about that that dude buying stuff but when i'm like month to month and i don't have a savings and i don't have you know i have to work at a job i hate why do i own that crap you know, so a funny thing is, Matt comment. Do you guys know Matt? Oh, we yep. Matt. We had so, breakfast with Matt this morning. Okay, Matt. yeah. So Matt, uh, I met him here last year, and it ended up through a podcast he did with uh, Beyond the Kill and Adam Yonke there. And he had mentioned that story I wrote, and goes, "Yeah, the, the subscriber story." Bo, he goes, he he works an archery shop that I used to go to when I was from when I lived in Pittsburgh, and I was like, that's cool. So I, I reached out to Matt. And met up with him here, and we did the the gritty hike last year. It was the first time I met him, and we became friends and have been talking, you know, ever since. And he did a podcast with Adam about money and budgeting for hunts and experiences. Right. And listening to that changed so much. So I I used to be I had a side by side, you know, <laughs> I had a truck. When I got out of college, I was like, I got money. I'm right. Buy whatever I want. Always wanted, and that stuff wore off you know, quickly after yeah. about a year, I was like, okay, now I, you know, I still have debt and I have these cool things, but I don't have the time to use them. And anyway, so what, what Matt did, so him and I stayed in touch and I'd always just ask him questions. I, I wanted to learn that that guy has seemed to, from my standpoint, set himself up for, you know, success. And I bought, uh, I bought a newer vehicle last year and he, he texted me and he goes, Hey, you're driving your sheep hunt. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was like, I was like, well, if I didn't need to feel any worse, <laughs> <laughs> yes, but he just makes me think like just people like him had made me really think through right. things. It's a priority thing, right? Like <clears throat> you got to decide what you really want in life and mm-hmm. don't let peer pressure or like social norms and stuff pressure you into into living the life you don't want. You know, I have a modest little house. Aaron Snyder lives in a, a condo, at least he did. And and I lived in a small, like I lived in a tree house for nine years that I built myself. I mean, I'm all was about- a, a real Swiss family Robertson. I mean, yeah. I have a mustache. You think I care about social norms? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, like, right. <laughs> when you start, when you start living like, when you, when you can- really decide what you want i said a long time ago i'm i need a backpack and a bow and arrow and uh a car that gets me from a to b and, and a decent house and my kids and wife to be cared for and what i fortunately i mean for me i think fortunately i grew up in a really really 
you know, I, I don't want to say poor because even the poorest American is rich by world standards, right? But compared to other other families, we didn't have money. My parents had me when they were 16, 17 years old. They had three, four kids. They had eight, like, I mean, they had a lot of kids. My dad was a truck driver, you know. So we lived on a shoestring budget. You know, we didn't get new toys and new this or new that, right? And we lived, but we lived on some acreage in the middle of nowhere. And dude, we played and had the best childhood on the planet. You don't need money to be happy. No. And that's, that's like something that I learned as a kid. I didn't give a dang about money at that time. I didn't realize we didn't have money. I didn't know. And then all through high school, it's like I realized it then, but didn't really care. I'm like, dude, I have like great friends and I'm, I don't need money to be happy. I don't like, I've realized that. And I've carried it through as an adult my whole life where, you know, I go and buy a modest vehicle and a modest the home and I'm, and I go and do, I live adventures and I go places and I meet people and I work on relationships and those things bring me meaning and depth to my life. And the big house only, I only see it as something that would take away from, from those experiences, you know, though take away from, you know, the life I really want. Yep. So I want to, you know, in, in kind of maybe steering this to a close, um, we should let Bo ask some questions. I was just literally was just going to say that. Look at that. Great minds think alike. I was going to say, we've hijacked your podcast. We're going to, I want to give you the reins back and I want to allow you to ask Brian any question that you really would like Brian to dive into. And I'd love for you to ask me any question you'd love me to, to dive into um, as far as maybe anything that you had in mind of what you wanted to ask us when we wanted to do this podcast before we got into diet and life, and <laughs> all these things. That's kind of how I do my own show. This we just is, sit down and talk, and we're these are goes, yeah. these are the funnest kind of podcast to me is when you can really just let loose, not have an itinerary, and really just go where we've gone. And I hope anybody who listens to this understands that. Nobody here is telling you to go be poor um, or to, that, you know, to not, to not be able to have that pursuit of happiness. I think what, what I've, I've gained and, and I'm taking away from this wonderful discussion with you too is, you know, if, if there's, there's, and this is something that people hear me say all the time on podcasts, it's on my Instagram page and they always just go, Oh my gosh, Jordan. Why are you so happy? You can't be this happy. Listen, I'm a human being too. I have I have down days, but every day and in everything, there's a silver lining. And every single day we have a choice. Listen, me and my wife, we get in fights. I fought her right before I left for this trip. Are you right or wrong? Well, it's not even that. Dude. You're <laughs> always wrong. <laughs> was, okay. Learn that, okay, learn that okay. quick, brother. Okay. Oh, You're wife, always never, wrong. <laughs> Suzanne and I never fight. But let me tell you this. We're like the perfect Jordan couple. Jordan and I, yeah, the perfect couple. <laughs> Jordan and I fought. And then 10 minutes later, we were laughing. And every day you have a choice to either be unhappy or to be happy. That's yours to make every day. And everything you do in your life, whether it's bad or whether it's good, there is a silver lining. And what you will find is something positive. And I truly believe everyone who has listened to this podcast and heard some great advice from, from Bo and from Brian and maybe anything you maybe heard from me, 
all I can tell people is your attitude will determine your altitude in life. So have a good altitude. Because going through this life, whether of the finest things you can buy and have, they're not going to bring you all the truest happiness. The things that are going to bring you the most happiness is the meaningful relationships, a family, someone to take care of and to love and, and be with, a wife, and children to look after. Service. Serving others, which in return is serving yourself. Adventure. And, and all the adventure. So, um, with that though, I still like, I'd yeah, love what what, what's some questions that you had, if, if any, that you wanted to ask Brian, or if you wanted to ask me direct. So I, I have a question that I'm going to ask the same thing to, to both? both of you. Yes. So you guys really, as we got into this podcast, dug into what I wanted to talk about. Cause those are the, honestly, some of the most, the, the podcasts I love listening to that you guys have done in the past, extreme ownership, some of those ones. I, I love hunting podcasts, but getting into that, the whole, you know, life optimization, I guess I'll call yeah, it yeah. type personal things. development, Pers- yeah, personal development. Yep. And that, that's been the biggest help for me and really is what hunting has done for me in a, you know, a roundabout way. But what I want to ask you is, and it's, it's kind of my, my slogan here. Yeah. How do you define adventure? Hmm. Good one. Brian, you you're the one that was like, adventure, adventure, <laughs> yeah. adventure. Brian, you were this so pumped. This is how I define <laughs> yes. adventure. Honestly, um, my name's Brian Call. And how I, I think adventure me. requires um, risk. You know, without risk, there's there's no adventure. It's It's discovering the unknown. You know, putting yourself in the unknown, the great unknown, and then trying to to navigate it and rise above it. It's, it's, it's Jordan said earlier, fear is a liar. So every time you go out and you feel this risk there, it's fear. There's fear there going, maybe you shouldn't, you know, hunt bears with a bow and arrow, you know, (laughs) maybe you shouldn't like make this trip to, to, you know, Tajikistan or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Like uh, Matt comment, like Matt comment, you know, like, (laughs) like, Maybe, go to any of the stands. maybe these mountains are too high or there's the weather's too gnarly. It's below freezing. You know, there's all these things, right? Adventure is about, is about risk and the unknown. And then a true adventure is one where you're able to hit each obstacle that comes your way. Like obstacle is the way. Hit each of those obstacles and overcome them bit by bit. Maybe you don't, maybe you fail, you hit a wall and you, you go back to the drawing board and you figure out what you did wrong. So the next time you don't fail, right? That to me is adventure. And so I I define it by, by conquering the unknown going out. And I mean, it's funny that that's like a mountain (laughs) ops, like slogan, but it's true. Uh, I like Jordan Peterson and he's a, he's a, he's a dude that I, I wish more people would tune into and and he 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 has become you know a much more public eye individual than ever before and i think that's awesome he's been on rogan's podcast a couple of times Mm -hmm. and he talks about you know he does this he does a podcast and he talks about um he does this thing on the old testament where he where he talks he he kind of gives uh scripture a, a, a new interpretation he talks about abraham right and abraham uh, repeatedly, there's this repeated cycle where the Lord says, okay, Abraham, now you have to like leave the place of your father and your homeland and you got to go out and experience the unknown. 
So Abraham packs up and he does what the Lord asks and he goes out into a whole new place, gets it all figured out, has the adventure, grows as a man. And then the Lord says, okay, now you need to go over here. And now he's got to leave that unknown, this place that's now known and go to another unknown place. And he's got to conquer that one and figure that one out and do that. And each time Abraham does that, he, he grows as a man until he becomes something greater and greater. And I think as human beings, man, it's, it's each time we go out into the unknown, we take on the unknown, we conquer those fears. Um, it's like you, you just grow. And that's, that to me, that's adventure. It's, it's the risk and conquering your unknown. Like what, what's out there that you just, you don't know about and you go after it anyway. I love it. So before I answer my question, I'm going to ask you a question. What's one of your greatest adventures? My greatest adventures. Uh huh. Hmm. What's one of your greatest adventures? Wow. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a difficult one for, for me to answer, but what I'm going to, to get into is kind of been what I talked about a little bit. But my greatest adventure is not, say, specifically the elk hunt or anything. It's been my overall development in the last, I'd say, four years of my life. So I've taken a lot of risk, went in a lot different directions that I didn't expect to. And if if you would ask me at 22 years old where I would be coming up on 26, I would not have told you where I'm at right now. It was, has been completely different. I've moved four different times. I travel all over the place for different things, whether that's hunting, whether that's work, whether that's visiting family, whether that's just me going by myself, the different places to hike or do that. That whole aspect has been my greatest adventure so far. It, it really has been. And, and it's, it's been, it, it kind of sounds selfish to say that, but it's been my personal growth over this time it from from coming from you know just being kind of felt like sheltered inside just going out and just meeting so many awesome people everywhere i've went i've made great connections and i stay in contact with them uh brandon who's in this hotel room here with me i met him at event and we just you know became friends and stayed connected and i've had so many other experiences with people like that and it's been it's it's been just absolutely awesome to me. I I, I can't even uh, begin to begin to do that. And all these people that I've met, I'm able to if I if I would call them tomorrow and need you know need help with something, that they would be there. Or if they called me, I would do the same thing. It's been something that is, I don't know. It's just it's been an unbelievable experience for me. So that's been I, I guess my roundabout way of my grand adventure your greatest one of greatest adventures yes so that's really cool that actually plays right into what I describe as adventure and Brian's gonna laugh because we were today we were shooting bows and I popped out this song from the Hobbit because I <laughs> oh, love I was there <laughs> I love Lord of the Rings you were there dude um, and and obviously um, Frodo, J.R. Tolkien. Uh, Are you gonna give us the the quote? This is this is the accent. No, come on, maybe dude. I'll, maybe I'll pull out. Maybe I'll pull out the accent in a I little bit. I need some Gandalf here. Well, you shall not pass. Yeah. <laughs> or there's the uh, there's the Frodo. 
Frodo, every time. <laughs> Give it to us. Frodo, you have to take adventure. In order to take adventure, Frodo, you have to step out your door. Because if you don't keep one foot in front of the other, you'll never know where life will take you. <laughs> That's Frodo. I don't think I... I didn't say the quote right. There's All a right. quote. But let, me, <laughs> let me tell you... That one kind of sucked. I have heard it like in the morning often. I know, ready, dude. I always... And he's like can nail it. He's a little tired. Know, no. Jordan's accent is not always on point. That, are, you ta- are you talking about my which accent? Because they all kind of mesh sometimes. They all can come together. <laughs> like I can be speaking New Zealand and then I go right into England and then I go a little bit Scottish and then I come out like, you know, it's, it's know crazy. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to read you this this quote and then I'm going to tell you Hit me. Uh, my, my version of adventure, okay. which in line goes with Lord of the Rings and you'll understand uh, because what you described is, is great. What? I mean, hammer it. Turn off the mic. You, you want me to hammer it? Okay, yeah, so, yeah, turn off Jordan's mic and we'll just cut this out. <laughs> uh, I can show you how to edit afterward. Okay, can, can we, yeah, we can just cancel it out. <laughs> so in in uh, in Lord of the Rings, one of the things that's beautiful about that story, uh, maybe some of those who are listening to this podcast have read those books, uh, maybe some of them have seen the movies, um, but uh, the thing that I love most about that story is the story of Frodo. And the adventure that he undertakes, um, simply because it's it's also a story about Bo. Believe it or not, <laughs> and just wait until and, until Baggins. I how yeah Bo Bo Baggins over here, um, <laughs> and how he was able to uh, do much like Frodo did. What one of the things that the book has, um is he talks about, if, if any of you haven't read the book, I'm going to give you a quick spark note. Um, there's this little hobbit, and he lives in the Shire, one of the smallest peaceful towns in all of Middle-earth. And in this town resides... Like, I grew up. like where you grew up, right? And a small town much like where you grew up. Yep. And this these hobbits are well-to-do and have a certain society and way in which they do things. And what, what it is, is they don't go outside the Shire. You never go outside the Shire. Why would we ever need to go outside the Shire? We have everything we need here. We no have reason. a beautiful community, Your right? Company, we have Brie. Parties. Yeah, parties, um, culture, happiness, all these things. And then suddenly as, as, uh, as an opportunity is placed before Frodo and a great weight is placed on his shoulders to... Um, take this ring to save middle earth to save middle earth and go to mount doom and fast forward he saves spoiler alert he saves middle earth and defeats you know uh uh mount doom or whatnot but as you read the story and as you go through it adventure is just like that it's a journey and along the along that journey there are things that happen that change you that uh Each of us, as we experience adventure, we can experience adventure in many, many different ways. Um, Adventure can be marriage. Marriage is quite an adventure. I will tell you that from personal experience, and I love it. I love my marriage. I love my wife. Um, Having kids is quite an adventure, and it's an adventure that I'm in right now, and I love it. And it has its own challenges and obstacles that come with it. Um, Owning a business and being an entrepreneur is quite an adventure 
and in a journey that I enjoy so much because what comes with that is a lot of pressure, a lot of stress that also affects the other journeys that I'm on at the same time. And in Lord of the Rings, what you find and see is the book splits up between this fellowship that is brought together. These storylines start to kind of happen simultaneously where they're split up and big things are happening all around. And that happens a lot in our lives. You know, as there's no one adventure or no one journey that we're on. We're all, we're all, there's many adventures that are happening in our lives and there's many journeys that we're taking along the way. And what I think a lot of people might misunderstand adventure as, as this ultimate goal or this ultimate end that happens or this pinnacle moment. And in truth, what I find in, in, in people that are adventure seekers is that they have a deep appreciation for the journey that took place. And so why I asked you the question and the answer you gave me was great and wonderful because, you know, you could have told me my greatest adventure is this elk hunt, this elk hunt in Colorado, this, this, uh, whitetail hunt that I went on, you know, you could describe to me all these adventures that you went on. You went outside your small town, but the adventure in which you described is one of your grander adventures is the last four years and what's happened in your life. And that too, to me is for all those listening, the greatest adventure that we can have. Like Frodo, to leave a place that is very comfortable, has all the things we need. Why would we ever leave here? I have everything I'll ever need for the rest of my life. Yep. But when you take that step out your door, roll the dice, roll the dice take a risk, black, put it all on black. Uh, that, is, that is for me what journey or excuse me, what adventure is, is every day is an adventure because it's it's part of multiple. So like as described for me, mountain ops and what I'm doing there is an adventure. Um, my, my wife and our intimate relationship and marriage is an adventure. My children is an adventure. And while I have all these different things that are happening all simultaneously at once, it's one beautiful and big adventure, but which is your grand adventure, which is the grand adventure. But what I, what I think oftentimes I find myself kicking myself as I, I forget to enjoy the journey and to just give you kind of an, an example of that is mountain ops. Um, we have been extremely blessed and extremely fortunate to have such amazing people get behind our cause. Um, this, this, uh, this symbol of inspiration, if you will, like that mark that you see that M and that O stands for so much to people. It's a powerful symbol because it stands for improving the lives of individuals and families through health and wellness and fitness and through getting active and going outside and doing more with your family or more with your kids or uh, doing more with those who you love, your friends, uh, those, those type of things. It's, it's inspiring others to, to conquer their unknown as Brian well described how he describes adventure. And what I found, and I've had to kind of hit myself a few times is I get so caught up in the goal and where I see it going and wanting to go that I lose um, and forget to appreciate where I am and what's happened and the journey that it's been to get here. And so for me, um, that's, that's truly what journey is, or excuse me, I keep saying journey because it's part of the adventure, but 
adventure is that it's a it's a journey and and for for anyone that wants to be adventurous right that wants to take risks because i think what brian said is pretty dang on point any adventure that you want to do comes with risk and you can't get around it. Otherwise, it's not an adventure, dude. It's, it's just not, it's doing something. You're just sitting in the Shire. It's safe. Having parties. It's safe. Enjoying life. It's yeah. a safe place. And Growth doesn't come from same old norm, from easy. Growth comes from overcoming and getting around fear and overcoming like the risks that are in front of mm-hmm. you. That's what every backcountry hunt is to me, you know. There's a certain amount of risk out there alone by yourself, you know, if you go solo or if you, you know, you're going 12,000 feet up or, you know, you don't have cell phone service, you might have a sat phone now, but it's like all that stuff is risk, which makes it fun. I just got back from bear hunting in British Columbia, hunting bears. And when you're, when you're 20 feet from a bear that could mess you up, you know, and you're sneaking even closer to it or running around the corner and there's a grizzly with cubs. It's like, <laughs> there's just, that's a different kind of there's risk, a risk <laughs> man. And it, it makes you feel alive, man. And it's like, <laughs> that's adventure. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is the, this is that quote that, uh, and I'll do it in the accent do it. for you. I'll do it in the accent for it. This is, <laughs> this is one of the great quotes of, J.R.R. Tolkien's book, The Lord of the Rings, and it's a quote that that starts right at the at the beginning of the book when uh, when Bilbo is kind of giving some advice to Frodo on uh, you know what he's about to do and what he's about to undertake. So he says, he says, it's a dangerous road. It, excuse me. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> oh, we're doing Instagram stories here. Oh gosh, love this. Three, guy. two, go. Okay, it's a dangerous business, Frodo, going out your door. You step onto the road, and if you don't keep your feet, there's no knowing where you might be swept off to. And that's <laughs> oh, that was riveting. <laughs> that was that's riveting. It. It's a great what quote because of- <laughs> when you break that down, like it's 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 true because it just goes right back to what Brian's talking about. And is all these people are going to listen to this podcast and go, "Man, Jordan is some closet nerd." Like, loves Lord of the Rings. I love Star Wars too. Um, I love all the the things that are like not real, but but make you believe that they almost are. Like I really do believe Lord of the Rings and stuff yeah. exists. It's such a, such a, a really cool universe that he created. But that quote to me is extremely powerful because as simple as it is, uh, it's a dangerous business. Why is it a dangerous business? It's because it's risky and adventure is dangerous. That's part yes. of, that's part of the adventure is it's dangerous. It's unknown because you can't predict it. That's why you're going on it. And then he says to him to go out your door, to step onto the road, because if you don't keep your feet, meaning that if you don't keep your pace, if you don't keep going out your door onto that road in that direction, then he says, there's no knowing where you might be swept off to. And that last part right there, that's the killer. That to me is what most people do is that they are so scared of the danger. They're fearful of that unknown, that they are worried. They don't know where they're going to get swept off to, but that's just it. That's the adventure. Because if you don't 
go down that road. If you don't take those steps one after another, then there is no knowing where you could have gone and been swept off to. And so you will live in a, in a world where you regret your life. And that to me is the greatest and most depressing thought to look back and regret your life. You should never, ever. We all, Matt Comment says this, and I love it because we, him and I talk often. Mm-hmm. And he always tells me, Jordan, we all get one dash in life. And so live a good dash. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You brought that up today. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he's got some good ones. And, and, and I love Matt for, for, cause you know, you, you said it earlier. He's somebody who, he's taken adventure and he's figured out how to minimize certain things to, to Brian's point of needing less in life in order to have more or to go experience and do more. And so I think I, in, in all joking aside, you know, you can make fun of me for, for JJ or JRR book and, and they totally will. And Brian <laughs> does, but it's, it's a beautiful story that to me really has a lot of really cool principles that are taught about taking risk and what happens once you do the rewards associated with those risks. There's, there's basically three, three movie book series I live by Lord of the Rings, Star Wars and Harry Potter. Booyah. Booyah. (laughs) Booyah. (laughs) There's actually a lot of truth in that statement. Gryffindor. Gary as that might be, but uh, it's classic good versus evil, man. So, So one, one thing also Matt had said today that was awesome. He goes, he goes, okay, you, you buy a vehicle or you buy something. Let's just use a vehicle, for example. He goes, you buy that, he goes, at high value. It depreciates quickly, depreciates. He goes, you spend money, or which is more valuable time, on adventures or, or whatever that may be. And that doesn't depreciate. That just grows over time. You invest your time in that, and as you go, the stories that you have, the memories of it, don't they don't depreciate. They just grow fonder over time, and and that was that was a really good way of looking at it for me, and and I thought that was awesome. We'll never leave this life and and go to the next, and you know I'm I'm obviously I'm a believer in God and in a heaven after this life that we all have an opportunity to go to if we live a good life, a good dash. None of us will get up to heaven and never talk about the things that we owned. We'll never talk about the iPad that we owned or the iPhone or the technology of the day. We'll never talk about those things, the car that we drove or the house we lived in. No, I don't talk about them now. They're that means to an end, mm-hmm. really. We will, they serve a function. And outside of that, I just don't need uh, the... I don't. I certainly don't own much out to show off outwardly to other people. Like, I don't... no. We'll talk about we'll talk about the people we met. We'll talk about the things we did and the people who we did those things with and the life we lived. Those I, are the things that we will Dave we will Ramsey talk about. has this quote, which I think he has ripped off from someone else and and uh, I just don't know who that Probably is. Probably from J.R.R. Tolkien. But <laughs> but he says, uh, you're the same person you are now, ten, twenty, thirty years from now, except for the books you read and the people you meet. And I would add to that the places you go, you know, mm-hmm. you're the same person. That means, you know, investing in yourself, like Matt's saying, you can't go wrong because each place you go, each person you meet and every book you read, it just changes you as a person, mm-hmm. you know? 
So makes you somebody else. So in closing, I want to just go over a quick story of a of a mini journey as part of an adventure. Okay, so a few weeks ago, I was heading down for work in Virginia, and I texted Matt. I said, "Where do I go in Shenandoah National Park to get a quick hike in?" As I'm going down, he goes, "I'm working. I you know I can't meet you. Here's where I go. Just to warn you, some thunderstorms are rolling in." He said. And I was like, oh, okay, thunderstorms, it is what it is. So so Matt gave me a warning, and he told me a story about him getting caught with his with his son up on the mountain, having run off because it was a bad thunderstorm. So here I go. I drive I drive down there by myself. You know, go. I park at this park at the spot. I start hiking up. He's like, you know, you gain, I think you gained like 1,400 feet of elevation and two miles. And for in the east, that's that's a good amount. And then come back down. He goes, it's a beautiful view up top. So I did that, loaded up my pack, got out, started hiking up. There's no cell phone service or anything. Sunny out. Get up towards the top. I ran into two people coming off the hill. It was on the Appalachian Trail, actually. And I said, I started hearing some thunder. Do you guys, you know, do you see the storm up there? Like, oh, no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, awesome. I'm good. So I didn't have that far to go. I got up to actually where it was considered above tree line there there was just some little saplings and a bunch of mountain laurel and um all of a sudden it came really fast and hail started coming and hitting me i pulled out i had my uh my sick downpour jacket and i threw that on and threw up the hood and i'm like i'll just wait this out for a minute it doesn't look like it's gonna last long well it started getting heavier and windy and to the point where i, I couldn't really go anywhere at that point so i found a rock there and i kind of crawled underneath it and hunkered down I, I was there for about an hour and a half and it, it got so much rain everything was flooding the whole trail was just like a waterfall coming down off of it and and this is again this is my problem for not believing the weatherman most of the time and thinking the thunderstorms just they come and they go it's just humid and that's what happens but anyways so i get out and is it that you know that point where it was like I'm extremely uncomfortable at this point. I'm I'm soaked. I was in shorts and I was laying under a rock for a while. I'm pretty sure there's a rattlesnake under there. Just, not really, but that there could have been. <laughs> <laughs> so I get up and I go, and as I start heading back down the mountain, I got up to the top. It was beautiful. I took a few pictures and headed back down and in the mountain laurel. Well, this is a little bit of side note, but uh. uh a black bear went flying through about 15 feet right through the, the mountain laurel there. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I I, I heard there was a bunch in the park here, but I'd, I'd never seen any. And the, the hill just switched back. So I started going down and the rain came and hit again. And it was just nasty. It was blowing. And at this point, there was no place for me to hide. So I just started running. And it was, it was only about, about a mile back at that point. So I just ran through it and got back and I was soaked and I was cold. I was in a rental car. So I get in there, I got that soaked and, and I, I don't know how they got the smell out of it of wet stuff all week. But anyways, I, I got in there and just a little mini thing that I did there. Oh, and my, I ruined my cell phone, my, my work phone at that. But, uh, so that was a good call to my boss. To, to <laughs> let him know I ruined it in a thunderstorm on the way to work. But <laughs> anyways, the, the moral of that story was, is these little things that just make you uncomfortable doing these things. I just went out by myself and did that. I learned so much from it. And, and then I got Matt, uh, you know, let me know that, he he told me and <laughs> yeah yeah you know he, he let me know he about warned that. you and yeah. you ignored it and I did <laughs> but it's just it's just I don't know 
at the time it was kind of it was kind of no, scary even though i knew i wasn't that far away from anything i was by myself and you know no one knew where i was at I didn't have any cell service it was it was considered a wilderness area for the for the east but yeah um it no, was it was pretty <clears throat> you experienced it and now it's like okay i got some new tricks in my bag and some new knowledge and you know and and i didn't die you know nothing bad happened really and now i'm gonna go out and try something else yeah yeah i think it's i tell people on this weekend a lot of people came up to me and they talked to me about what food and what backpack and how to do it and you know i'm like i throw out some ideas for kit and stuff for backcountry hunt and then i'm like after i i throw that out there i'm like look they ask me more questions i'm like look just go test it go you got a backyard you got the appalachian trail right here go go out there and spend the night with your gear. See what works and what doesn't. There's no there's you no don't like have magic to. list that yeah. you follow and then boom you're ready. No, there's like you get stuff and then you prove it. You prove it to yourself that it works. Mm-hmm. You prove it to yourself that it's it's a system that that you're happy with. If I wore the the clothes that Aaron brought on a trip, I would hate my trip. Mm-hmm. I don't like the layering system that Aaron brings. Aaron doesn't like what I bring. We have different bodies, different temperature ranges, different, we sweat differently. We, we, we exert ourselves differently. And so everything's a little different. I prefer a different kind of tent and he prefers another kind of tent. And so as much as we have recommendations on what, what you'd like to use, there's no replacement for just testing and experiencing for yourself. For Going on an adventure. For going on an adventure. Yes. What's the tagline for? Uh, yeah. What's your West? your closeout? How do you define adventure? That's what my oh. that's what my line is. So that that was the question. So that's that, what I asked you. But that yeah. Nice. Or, or what? Or I guess yeah. I'm not I'm not getting so, what you're asking. So no, 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 Brian, that's so, what I wanted to so know. So Brian's Brian's is. Uh, Here's Brian's closeout. Deep. You ready? It's super deep. Uh-huh. Uh, this has been a great podcast. Uh, just want to thank everybody for coming. Um, it's been another great episode, and uh, stay gritty. Okay, so okay, I get what but you're asking. But that's cheesy. Yeah, you don't have super to do that. cheesy. Yeah. yeah, but I don't. I embrace it wholly. Like yeah, I I yeah, I like he owns it. it and I yeah, like it. a bowl. Well, I guess I don't have uh, one of those yet. Yeah, so no, we got to figure don't. that out. What's well, your clothes? Every yeah. every great podcaster has a great clothes. That's not true. Uh, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> I don't. I, I'm gonna have to give this some thought. Yeah. You know, maybe I'll sleep on it. Is that okay? Go west, my you ready? friend. Are you ready? You ready? Yeah. I got it for you. Okay. This is marketing. He's king of cheese. All right. Okay. If I was Bo, okay. this is how I would end my podcast. <sighs> Thanks everybody for listening to the uh, East to West podcast. East meets west. East fun. meets west. East to west. East meets west. All right. Thank you. We're going to try this again. Take two. Thank you, everybody, for listening to East Meets West podcast. It's been a great time. I've had a good time with Brian Call and Jordan Harbertson. To all of you listening, remember, follow your compass. <laughs> I got a better one. Let's see it. One. Let's see it. Okay. <laughs> That's not bad. I, hey, thanks for listening to the podcast, everybody. And uh, just remember this. Bo knows. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> just, just remember, Bono's Bo adventure knows. hunting. Besides, actually, how to kill anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, dude, that's pretty good, Brian.
Mine was had a deeper meaning. <laughs> yeah. I like was, shallow was, ones. Was more about Stay gritty. Letting yeah. the listeners like keep it simp. Simple, man. Simple. <laughs> Don't even finish simple. Simp. <laughs> yeah. Simp. Bonos. There you go. Hashtag bonos. Yeah. We that's, got it. That's awesome. Hey, Rolled thanks for letting us be on the podcast, man. It's hey, been fun. Yeah. Thank appreciate you, guys. It. I really appreciate you letting me into the hotel room here while you really want <laughs> to go to dojo, into yeah. our penthouse. It's uh, a <laughs> $900 challenge. Hey, man. Uh, I'm excited for what you're doing. Yeah. You know, met you last year and... I just love seeing people go out and chase their dreams and anybody that's out there representing hunting and sharing their stories. It's, we all need to support each other. We're all in the same team, you know? Awesome. Don't you, don't you dare for one minute ever think that you're not capable or inexperienced or anything like that to feel the right to, to share how you feel and express it the way that you've done tonight. It's a powerful story that you've got. And I'm, I'm, I echo what Brian says. I'm excited. Awesome. Keep it up. For what's next. I'll be so. checking it out. It's East Meets West. East Meets Hunt. West Hunt Podcast. Hunt and is podcast. there a website? There's a website? Yes, it's up and running. I haven't you know, pushed it out to anybody yet, but it's okay. www.eastmeetswesthunt.com. Dot com. Yep. So and, I have uh, some material out there just as some feelers, but at the yeah. July 1st will be when it's everything's rolling out. And you're going to put it on uh, iTunes, yep. Podbean, Stitcher, Amazon, everything. Stitcher. All the things. Spotify, Everything. All the things. Everything. Spotify, yeah, Google Play. The best way to get your podcast out there is to put it on all the things. I'm, everything I can. <laughs> <laughs> I You're need awesome. Work, I need to work on all the things. Yeah. Life. Well, it's because you travel too much, bro. Yeah. You got you to gotta come down a second stop at doing all your adventures. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks, thanks again. Thanks, Bo. Appreciate it. Peace. See ya. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.